And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. Touchdown. Yes. Ten. Five. Touchdown. Ah! It's touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. Continuing our discussion, we'll take your calls as long as you want to do on it before we start uh, going around the league here in the 10 o'clock hour. But we're trying to defend the defense. Or is there a defense of the defense, either the scheme or the team right now? And one thing I will point out, and we'll go back to Landon Collins. When this team needed to make an adjustment last year, Chris, they did. They made a a. a a philosophical judgment to play that Buffalo nickel with Collins up near the line of scrimmage. What's the adjustment this year? What's the adjustment that could be made? And is there any adjustment that can be made that would be as significant as that one was that certainly at times aided the defense in its play last year? So outside of now with Curl coming back, Granted, it might be on a limited basis at first of playing more Buffalo nickel because, again, remember, they played approximately 53% last year. And to your point, you know, it was really like the first four or five games, there was very little of it. And they were actually treating Landon Collins as a safety. And they were scared to death to do anything with Landon Collins other than to play him at safety. And he was horrible. And then he didn't want to be called anything other than a safety. I'm so tired of that. Just shut up. (laughs) Just shut up. Play, you're getting paid very well. They call you a linebacker, a Buffalo, whatever, a safety. I I don't want to deal with any of that. Outside of that, which I do think we will see more, uh, of course, again, as Cam Curl comes back here and, 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 you know, again, with Defoe's emergence and with Bobby McCain and Jeremy Reeves kind of as a young backup. Pete, the one thing that I could think of that might help this team and it might be worth a shot. And I don't know if this makes sense, but I'm going to throw it out to you, and then we'll get to the calls, is to play more man coverage. They want to play more man coverage. They brought in William Jackson III to be a man coverage corner. That's what he was in Cincinnati. They drafted Benjamin St. Just to be a man corner. That's what he was at the University of Minnesota. We knew that. We had Paul Rossi on, the defensive coordinator. That's his skill set. The problem was they added those two guys to Kendall Fuller, who is not a man coverage corner, who is much better at this point in his career as a zone corner, Mm -hmm. okay? Can you play more man coverage tighter, bump bump and run in your face? What is one of the most common complaints from the Redskins slash football team slash Commandalorians fan base over the last however many years. I mean, it used to be, oh, if we played more 3 4, oh, oh wait, if we play more 4 3, uh, oh, wait, 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 nope, that's not good. Now it's, yeah, but our corners are always 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. They're always too much cushion, right? Mm hmm. Well, if you play man press corner, not that you can't play off man coverage, you can. You can play off-man coverage, but if you play man coverage as your basic DNA, which it's not right now, and it hasn't been, and it was designed, trust me, I I was told it was designed to be that last offseason. They wanted to play more man-press as their basic DNA. You know how, like, PGC is the DNA of the DMV? They wanted the DNA of the defense to be a man-press 
defense because of their pass rush, because of the weapons that they had on the defensive line, putting heat on the quarterback, and because they knew quarterbacks would basically three-step drop, get rid of the football quickly. And if you're playing off-man, if you're playing soft zone, if you're playing too high, what have you, then you're not going to be able to make those adjustments to those quick throws, right? That quarterbacks and offensive lines and offensive coordinators were going to try and – so they wanted right. to – that's why they brought in William Jackson the third. That's why they drafted Benjamin St. Juice. And yet 70-ish percent of the time, I think it was last year, they were in zone. And I don't know what the numbers are this year, but they've been in zone. But let me ask you – I will say this, and we all want to get back to the calls here and get, to, get these folks in. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a simplicity, though, to man coverage – you yes, know, there, there's a there's a simplicity to it, and if you get beat, we know who got beat. Yes. Okay. Now, if you don't think those players can play man coverage, you got to go get players that can. Yes. That that's ultimately again we come back to the fact these coaches by their lack of movement in the off season say these eleven to fifteen individuals are good enough to play what we're asking them to do in the National Football League. So. At some point, Ron the GM is letting down Ron the coach or Jack Del Rio is letting down Ron the coach or the players are letting down Ron the coach because he believed in them that they could play. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you have to simplify. And I've had so many conversations with defensive coordinators over the years. Sometimes you have to simplify things to the point. And, yes, you stay. you still may give up. 20 to 24 points. But this offense right now, Chris, is good enough that if you can keep the opponent to within 20 to 24, this offense can get you to 24 and above where the last few years we knew getting to 24 and above was darn near impossible without some help from the other team. Mm-hmm. But you got an offense that can go get you. Even as, even as a struggle as it was in the first half for the offense as a unit, it wasn't just Carson. It wasn't just the offensive line. It was the entire unit in the first half on Sunday. But that group still came back like savages in the second half and gave you a chance to win the football game if the defense just could have gotten some stops. Just get some stops. Get a stop. Just stop them one time. And they couldn't do it. So sometimes maybe you just got to simplify it here on the defensive side. And if you hold them to a, if you hold the other team to a couple of field goals as opposed to touchdowns, though saving those four points might be enough because of this offense's ability to win you football games. And and, and if you got to get through this season winning 28-24, 31-24, so be it. We don't need them to be the 85 Bears. We just need them to have some resistance. Just stop somebody a couple times a game. Stop in the name. How did I know he was going there? Sorry. I knew it. Motown Wednesday with Chris <laughs> Russell. Let's go to line I'm one. Trying to find the, I'm trying to find the coverage alignment numbers uh, through PFF. I'm, I'm looking for them uh, so I can get it for you. But I know well, last while, year was mostly like 70% zone. Yeah, while you look, I'm going to talk to the callers. Let's Chris is it. in Maryland. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Hey, hey, Chris. Hey, I'm going to agree with both of you. Wait, 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 wait. Your phone broke up for a second. You're going to agree with who? I'm going to agree with both of you guys. Okay, gotcha. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, I believe it's coaching and players. I mean, it's, I mean, that's the cliche thing to say. But this is the reason why I say a lot on the players, though. Like, when you was explaining that play when you had seven men in the box, what else do you need to do? Like, 
that's that's effort. People standing in your guts. I mean, a coach can tell you what to do, but you still got to make the play. You still got to execute it. But my thing is, too, I think, um, like, you, you made a point about man-to-man. I was about to say, I think you need to go more blitzing. Like, the good teams, you don't have to be a dominant defense. When your offense is scoring, all you got to do is make, be able to make a play or two. You got to be able to get them off for third now once in a while. If you blitz more and back your cornerbacks up a little bit, so you telling me they can't play man-to-man coverage, even if uh, Fuller is not a great press man-to-man coverage, if you play off three yards and if you blitzing and disguising your blitz, that's what great teams do, disguise your blitz. The Vikings, uh, Zimmerman, he, he used to disguise his blitz a lot and cause headaches for Aaron Rodgers a lot just because, you know, disguising his blitz. Their secondary was never great. It's just because he designed plays uh, that get to the quarterback and confuse the quarterbacks a lot. If you just look at the schedule, what's coming up, you don't have too many dominant wide receivers you got to play. Why not load the blocks, blitz a little bit, let these cornerbacks, you know, Will Jackson, you brought him over here, he got paid. For, you know, let him. Let him go one-on-one. Back him up a little bit. Play inside. Take away the slant. All you got to do is worry about the outside. Get him home. You got to get home. Speed up the quarterback a little bit. Like, you got to try something. Yeah, I mean, Chris, I'm with you. You can't just sit back and 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 keep doing the same thing over and over again and get your head pounded with the whack-a-mole hammer. couple of things here. Remember the third and 15, 22-yard touchdown from DeAndre Swift? We said this on Monday. We said this on Sunday night, or I, I guess I said it on Sunday during the broadcast of the game because uh, you were busy doing that stuff. I was with Denton uh, here on the station. They blitzed both Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb to try and get significant heat. Well, what does that do? That puts guys in man coverage. The problem was is that nobody accounted for DeAndre Swift on the over screen uh, once, you know, again, they, they only rushed five, but two of them were linebackers. They only had two linebackers on the field. So nobody accounted in the man coverage. Why? Because when you're in man coverage, your back generally is turned to the quarterback. That's why teams with mobile quarterbacks generally – or facing mobile quarterbacks, i.e. Jalen Hurts, Mm -hmm. generally tend to play zone because your eyes are looking generally towards the line of scrimmage and the quarterback. Well, in this particular case, they're playing man, I think, just based on the double blitz tells me that as much as anything, right? And they just simply forgot to account for the running back leaking through the line of scrimmage and over the pass rush. They couldn't get home. They almost got there and boom. You know, so I mean, there are there are some some uh, worries about playing a man aggressive physical blitz attack. Now, there are a lot of people that would say, both in the NFL and fans, Pete, if you get beat being aggressive, if you get beat dictating tempo, so be it. Tip your cap. That happens. They get paid too. A lot of people would rather be aggressive and up-tempo, and take it to an opposing offense on defense than being soft and conservative and trying not to bend but not break. thing you got to worry about this week is Brown and Smith being able to, uh, if you get up, first of all, yes, I think I like the idea of trying to get up there and be physical with them, but you, if you, if you miss at the line of scrimmage, if you miss in that physicality, it's a big play. It's explosive play. And it's a touchdown. Absolutely, both guys. Absolutely. So, especially Devontae Smith, you've got to be very, very careful. Technique has got to be massive at the line of scrimmage. Remember, you've got that that three yard area off the line of scrimmage, basically 
where you can be physical. Right. That first chuck, that hand has got to hit that wide receiver right in the sternum. But okay? along, along with that, can you afford to play man, again, for just that notion that you're illustrating, especially against Devontae Smith, but also because of Jalen Hurts' escapability and mobility? I, I don't think, if you, you're, can, again, I don't if you're think playing, you can afford to play no, over-aggressive if you're playing in this. man, that means you've got safeties that are probably eyeing Hurts more than they are helping against Brown and That's Smith. That's, well, so, well, or you could have Jamin, as we talked he, about yesterday, you could have Jamin Davis basically being spy, contain whatever man, if you will, and that be his primary. And, of course, they wouldn't do it every snap. But that be his primary thing so that you could have, if you're going to play man on islands against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, which the Lions did in week one, if you're going to play man there, you then can have your safeties, like whether you have your two traditional safeties in your traditional nickel or your Buffalo nickel, have two safeties basically too deep, Mm -hmm. which is more of a zone coverage, but widened and fanned out to the hashes so that you can help over the top with your man press underneath. Let's go to the, or your off man underneath. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to the Commonwealth. Bernie's standing by. What's up, Bernie? Hey, gentlemen. So, one, I'd love to see them play more man. Um, a couple reasons. One, I, there's nothing more debilitating or deflating than a 10-play 80-yard drive where they're just picking up seven yards at a time because every wide receiver and tight end knows now how to find a little area in the zone. Gamble, make them, you know, jump around. You can't really jump routes when you're playing zone. I'd love to see him play more man. What harm can it do, right? Two, you know, Rivera and Del Rio were linebackers. And I, they're, they're nice guys. I like them both. But they were linebackers 30, 40 years ago. And I don't know of any position that may have changed more than linebacker, the way they played it then versus the way it's being played now. And, you know, I don't know if how they played influences how they're calling plays. And, and I really think that has something to do with it. But I'd like to see him play more man. I'd like to see him more, be more aggressive and um, – Last point I was going to make is football is played farther away from where the ball is snapped now than it's ever been. And having all of our number ones within three feet of where the football is being snapped, to me, isn't good. You need to have need to have, need to have at linebackers or at cornerbacks because the game is played 10 to 20 feet away from where the ball is snapped. So I know you got a lot of calls. I appreciate the time, and I'll talk to you no, later. Good call. Bernie, Thanks, that's Bernie. a good point. I love how your phone made you sound like Elmer Fudd there. That was weird. Uh, for a moment. Um, was, do you think what's, – what's the chances that was on our – and uh, look, it's it's cellular technology. So it's you don't cell phone. you don't think that one was uh, the demons that overtake no. our phone line? We've okay. actually had somebody beat the fifteen minute deadline this morning as well. Let's beat go the to clock, baby. AP, what's up, AP? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? This what morning? up, AP? Hey, so what? We're in year three, right? Yes. And you know, I, I recall Riverboat Ron saying. You do it my way or our way, you know. Li- listen to us. Right. Do it our way. If it's if it if it doesn't work, it's on me. Right. So, as our defense takes the field and they line up against the opposition, they're doing things their way. So, at what point are we having these independent contractors doing their own thing, like? We can go back to last year and 
Pace and Montez are doing their own thing. They're not holding their gap discipline and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I look at what we have at linebacker. You know, they're, they, they, they plugged in Jamin Davis, you know, square peg in a round hole, that whole, that whole deal. Then they realized, okay, well, maybe we jumped the gun. So I'm just trying to figure out now if we're still having these independent contractors and people are not doing things your way, then why are we not having the accountability aspect of either benching them and or going out there and finding somebody that will try things your way and can perform your schemes? Because that's what it's boiling down to. It seems like, and this has been before, you know, in past regimes where they want to plug in their schemes, their offensive philosophies and defensive philosophies, but it's just not working. And here we are three years now trying things your way, Ron, and we're not really showing anything for it. But, you know, that's all I got, guys. I know you got a lot of callers. All right, AP, thank you, as always. Pete, I just want to add one thing, right? When people say, where's the accountability? Um, How come they don't just bench people? How come they don't just get rid of people and get new people in? I understand all of those questions, and all of them are fair to some degree. But A, you have a salary cap, one. B, you have limited uh, 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 people that are available to just pick up snap of a finger. And more importantly, and I think this is something that always goes by the wayside, and Ron has explained this. I know he explained this to the junks at the beginning of training camp. I know he's explained this to the media. There is something to be said for not having to teach somebody new just walking in the door. All of the checks, all of the calls, all of the terms, all of the system, right? And how long it takes somebody to get 100% or near 100% comfortable so that they can just play instead of playing and thinking as much as they... So that, when we talk about not benching people, when we talk about not getting new guys in... That's why they don't do as much of that when it seems just easy to do that. It, does that make sense? Sure. Sure. 301-230-0980. Still got a couple of you that want to talk about it. We'll keep talking about it. Defending the defense, defending the scheme, the players. Is there any defense of it at all as Washington gets set for one of its key opponents of the season, the Philadelphia Eagles, coming up this week? Later this hour, we'll take a look, a global view of the league and what's happened through the first couple of weeks, the re- the overreactions, maybe the underappreciations for things around the league. What teams are hitting the panic button? 11 o'clock hour, we'll turn the focus to college football. Maryland with a gigantic game you'll hear on the Team 980 this week as they take on Michigan. Joe Miller talks uh, Maryland, Michigan, and more in college football with us at the top of the hour right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. If the defense gets three to four stops a game, the offense is showing us it's got the necessary vibe to get it done. They'll score enough points. You score 27 points in a game, should be good enough to win. This defense has talent. The coaches are telling us that by not replacing any of it. The the, the places that the guys up front were drafted tell you that there's talent on this football team. 
They've developed a great seventh-round pick. It looks like they've got a fifth-round pick that's turning into uh, a fairly reliable defensive back. Still in his infancy playing. There's going to be some tough moments while you learn. But the more Derek Forrest plays, it looks like the better Derek Forrest is getting for this football team as well. So if they're not replacing any of these guys, they're telling you that the talent is there. And ultimately this week, as they take on a Philadelphia team, and we'll start our global look around the league, let's start with the the next week opponent. Not to overreact, Chris, but man, through two weeks, one thing is for certain. This group comes out and is ready to play right away. Detroit scored on that first drive against Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia said, game on, gentlemen, let's go, and game was over uh, fairly quickly. And this week, same thing against Minnesota. The first half, Philadelphia looked like a juggernaut. Now, what was interesting was they didn't score at all in the second half, but the point is Washington needs to be ready right away because this is a team that as soon as that ball is kicked off, Chris, they're ready to deliver that first punch. Well, and what have I talked about probably way too many times, and it actually hasn't been a huge problem so far through two games, only the opening field goal for Jacksonville. Um and actually, I'm sorry, Detroit actually had uh, on their opening series a field goal as well, right? Um, just going to double-check that uh, to make sure. Uh, I will find that for you in a sec. Um, slow starts have been a hallmark of Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera's defenses. Uh, I, the number coming into the year was 17 out of 33 games. They had allowed either a touchdown or a field goal on the opening drive for the defense, right? And 10 of those 17 were touchdowns. Now, that may not seem like a lot. That may not seem like a lot to you, like, oh, Chris, that's just 50% of the time. To me, that is a lot, quite honestly. I mean, and it's something that has stood out since the very first, again, series where Carson Wentz and then the Philadelphia Eagles went right down their throat. Actually, Detroit uh, punted, right, because of the Jamin Davis sack on third down. I I, I thought I remembered that. I just want to make sure. Uh, so it's one for two so far this year. So it's basically like 18 out of 35 games they have allowed a first drive score. So, Pete, one thing to look for on Sunday is to see right away, to your point, the tempo that Philadelphia tries to establish. Do they do a good job? See, I think they'll do a fairly decent job for the most part trying to take away the Eagles' weapons, both at tight end and the receivers that they talked about. What I worry about is because there'll be so much of an emphasis trying to take away A.J. Brown, so much of an emphasis trying to take away Devontae Smith, shading over the top, all the different things, cloud coverage. Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not, not trying to be Craig Hoffman. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't understand it quite like he does. I, I'm not going to pretend. But, I mean, I understand common sense, right? They're going to try and take away the explosive weapons. Are they going to then do what the Lions did early on in that game in week one, which is try and take away everybody over the top, try and limit big plays and explosives, which again was a hammering point of Ron Rivera, and are they going to give up the non-explosives but the the smaller chunks and whether it's Jalen Hurts running for nine yards on third and eight, whether it's Kenny Gainwell or Miles Sanders catching a screen or or some sort of quick pass, 
uh, for 13 on third and 12. That's what I worry about in this game. It's not, oh my God, they have no answer for Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown. If you or even Jalen Hurts, right, the passer. In theory, if you don't give up explosive plays and you make a team run 10, 12 plays, the NFL tells us, and, and all levels of football, it's not just the NFL, the more plays you ask a team to run, more often than not, Chris, at some point, they're going to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. They're either going to fumble, they're going to throw a tip pass, they're going to have a pre-snap penalty that is going to you know potentially derail the drive. So if you don't give up an explosive play, you're giving the other team more of a chance to make that mistake that will slow the drive down themselves and, in theory, help your defense get them in third and long situations. Right. And the ironic thing is, is Washington has analytically been better on third down this year by a wide margin Way compared better. to last year. Tied so, for fifth. So the one of the big things we asked them to do in the offseason, they have done by getting better on third down. Now, they did give away, give up two big plays on third down in Detroit, despite being very good overall, allowing, uh, what was it, 4 of 12 or whatever it was, and it's 7 of 25 on the year for uh, tied for fifth, 28%, uh, as we broke down earlier this week. They did allow two big plays. I keep mentioning the third and 15 double fire blitz from the linebackers on the DeAndre Swift sit down, get back up again, pitch a tent, touchdown, uh, and just run for days and days and miles and miles. And then the, I think the 58-yard, I believe the uh, – I'll have to double-check it, but there was a 58-yard play. Was that the Amon Ross St. Brown? The the run on the uh, jet run? sweep. I, yeah, I, I think that was on third down as well, but I'll, I'll double-check. I know there were two big plays on third down. Out of the, the limited conversions that the Lions had – there were two big plays, and that's Ron's talking point this week. Ron Ron basically plays pin the tail on, on the donkey in, in his office, right? He's like, hmm, this is going to be my talking point. And sometimes it matches up with reality. He's absolutely right that explosives, meaning explosive big plays, were a huge problem for uh, or against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. That wasn't the only problem, but it was a huge problem. And it's easy for us to just sit here and say, well, if they fix those, then they'll be fine. Not if they, again, nickel and dime with precision, which is what the Eagles did on Monday night. And the Eagles, because they're really good on the offensive line, Pete, and because they can run the ball so many different ways, inside, outside, they can screen you, they can wheel route you, they can nickel and dime you, they can go over the top, they're really, really hard to stop, even if you make them go 8, 9, 10 plays. So I'll ask you this. Is the quality we've seen from Philadelphia so far – and what we're making of it going into this game with Washington, is it an overreaction to the way the Eagles have played, or is it spot on in the way Philadelphia has played? I think the notion that they're unbeatable would be an overreaction. I think the notion that they're going to be really, really, really tough to hang with is spot on. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I that's the only way I could say it, because they're not unbeatable. They're not perfect. They're not a perfectly oiled machine where everything's going to go right every single Sunday, every time they roll the pigskin out there. And what happens, though, Chris, in this league, every stinking time you get a scenario like this, everybody thinks Philadelphia is gangbusters, Super Bowl material, and then, then that next week the other team tends to win. So... This is a maturity game for Philadelphia. I've said it all week. Yeah. I think it's a maturity game for Philadelphia. How do you handle 
the winning and all the praise and all the pats on the back and everybody telling you, you're doing great, you're doing great, you know? You know who didn't handle it? Washington in Last week, week yeah. Yeah. So Because um, everybody was singing their praises, including this fan base, which didn't want to hear anything about the Jaguars leaving 14 points on the board and 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 killing themselves. But Washington also leaving points out there. That's yes, the thing too. Yes. For 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 even when the, the the opposing teams are leaving stuff out there, Washington is as well. That's fair. And that's that's the exciting point is that Washington is in position to do more offensively, more so than maybe 2012 in the second half of that season when they were rolling. Maybe. Um I mean, it's just the the potential of of awesomeness at times from Wentz and those receivers and Gibson is a, a, a kind of a slash guy, mm-hmm. runner and a receiver. It's exciting to see what that group is capable of. Now we have to determine how good they truly are against a good defense. We'll see that this I, week. I don't know if Detroit is what you would consider no, a good I mean, defense look, yet. They're the on people, their way here. All the people that were going to battle with you yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And I thought some people brought up very cogent points, as you did as well. But we're going to find out, you know, we talk about after two games, oh, he's on pace for 900 touchdowns and 69 interceptions. Yep. Yep. Two games, not a big sample size. If this offense continues to keep it cranking this week against this defense, Mm -hmm. Then this is we find out that this is truly sustainable. How big is losing Chase Roulier in that effort? Just what you talked about. Not only this week, but moving forward, probably oh, for the rest I mean, of the it's, year. It's substantial. When anytime you lose a starter, especially at any look, you you lose a starter at any position, right? But they could nature, lose the starting right guard, Trey Turner, or, and and not have it kill them. I don't think losing losing Chase Roulier. And also, yeah, because the guy. Oh, by the yeah, way, having yes. Wes Schweitzer, who well, was not active last right. week, and he, we'll see if he practices. The problem, today. Is, right? To your point, the problem is the guy, the guy that could be playing center this week wasn't even here last week. Yeah. So I don't know if Nick Martin's going to be ready to play this week or not. I'm not sure. Hey, but I mean, we didn't. Th- uh, Donovan Jeter got to play, right? But you, you know, know defense- John Ridgeway's going to play this right. week. Probably. But you know, defensive tackle is way, 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 way well, different. The than difference playing is center. the center. The center's got all the line calls yeah. and things of that nature. So you're hoping Schweitzer can at least go, right. and that way, if they have to turn to Martin, it's as a you know, uh, you know, last resort. I hope they don't have to turn to the other Martin. Wes. Uh, Wes. <laughs> or Sadiq Charles. Well, I mean, Sadiq's a guard to tackle. He's right. not a center. Right, but he I did, know, but he they've did. been working him he at center. He did take some snaps yeah. at center. Look, why not? If you're Sadiq Charles, make yourself even more versatile yeah. uh, to the team. And if you're the Eagles, just back to them for a second. Oh, hello, Fletcher Cox. Oh, hello, Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean a, what do you a, think they're doing? But that's what I'm saying. It's a talented group. Yeah, it's a talented group. If they, if the, if the offense performs well against this week, we know it's sustainable. That's the only question that remains about the offense right now. We've seen plenty during the first two weeks to like. So if they do it against Jonathan Gannon's defense, uh, then you know this is all legit and and likely sustains itself over a good portion uh, of a 17 game schedule. Do you think Gannon blitzes Wentz as much uh, as they did Cousins? I think they. Do because yeah. I think they want to force tempo, force mistakes, and take advantage of again no center. When you have a quarterback that has a reputation for indecisive decision making, holding onto the ball at times, Bad I mean feet. that's his kryptonite. Sure, you you send look Carson Wentz is a space thrower. 
if you take his space away, he's not as good a thrower. He's I, not. I don't he's think, not. Un- I don't think many are right. He he's not unfurling that rocket launcher yeah. um, if if he doesn't have space to to wind it right. up and get it out there. Right. So that's that's why yes, Philadelphia does send people at Wentz, but at the same time, I think Scott Turner has to plan for that. Scotty T's got to plan for that and get the ball out of his hands quickly. Why didn't Scotty T plan for that last week? Uh, look, sometimes, hey, look, this is a learning process for for both people. It's a learning process for both people. Maybe it's something you've got to do better at making an adjustment on the fly if you're Scott Turner. As a play caller, that, you know, that was the genius of you know Joe Gibbs and his staff. And in many ways, it was the genius of his dad when he had the triplets in Dallas. If you If you did one thing... They had a counter, and right now Scott Turner has to have a counter for something that these defenses are doing, and that's the that's the beauty of what his dad did while he was the OC with the Cowboys uh, when he had Aikman and Smith and Irvin and those guys when they were young when they were a young team. You know, Norv had a counter. Norv figured out how to have a counter for what uh, teams were doing for them, and that's what Scott Turner has to do right now. There's another team of the division that's two and zero. We'll examine that situation, and it's not the team everybody thought it might be coming into the season. We'll do that next. Right now, Chris tells us what's trending. All right, we'll start with this new news, and Michael Phillips, I think, first to report this, the Washington practice facility in Ashburn with a new name, no longer the uh, MedStar um uh, what was it called? The Nova, no, yeah, Nova, whatever. Help. It's the Russell and Medhurst <laughs> practice facility. I forgot the corporate name already. Chris made it's... a donation last night. <laughs> it's now the Russell and Medhurst yes. practice facility. Uh, in it actually isn't. It's now called the Ortho Virginia training center at Commander's Park. Uh, actually, the first to report this was uh, Sports Business Journal. Uh, so Ortho Virginia training center at Commander's Park is now the new practice facility name. Meanwhile, we told you this earlier, Donovan Jeter, who was cut yesterday after being signed and playing uh, in his debut in Detroit on Sunday, played 18 snaps, brought back to the practice squad. Nolan Laufenberg, a center, uh, put on the reserve practice squad injury list. That, of course, complements Nick Martin, veteran center, to, uh, who was brought in and officially signed yesterday as Chase Roulier goes on IR. Meanwhile, lines wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Eagles cornerback Darius Slay, who's coming here this Sunday. The Defensive Player of the Week, Giants place kicker Graham Gano, former Redskins place kicker, special teams player of the week around the NFC. And that's what's trending. Taking our global view of the NFL, kind of take a look at this on Wednesdays in that hump day area during touchdown at 10. Brian Dable, 2-0 with the New York Giants. And look, Chris, I mean, the more games they win early in this process under Dable, that's kind of scary uh, because you've got to figure they're going to get better and better uh, trying to adapt to this new philosophy and uh, new way of play. And even though at times Daniel Jones has you know not looked 
you know, the part. He's also at times looked the part and is not losing games for them as he's done in the past. And yet they sit here. They've won two very close games now. Uh, 2-0 and now to start the season. And look, last year we saw how feisty they were in the first matchup when everything was still, you know, real early in the season. I don't count what happened in that last game. That was a that was not even an NFL preseason game, Correct. quite frankly. But we knew that bunch was reasonably feisty at times last year, and now it appears as if confidence is rising mm-hmm. now uh, for Big Blue. They ran the ball really well in Week 1, not as well in Week 2. So, look, they had to grind out the game uh, and win uh, thanks to uh, my guy Graham Gano with a 56-yard field goal, uh, one of uh, four field goals on the day. And, again, as we told you during the trending alerts, he won the special teams player of the week. Go figure, duh. Uh, he's been you know, a great, reliable kicker throughout, of course, with legs. Uh, you know, two fifty yarders to help them win that game. That's what I, f- w- that's what I fear though. Here, Pete is if th- you know if they don't get the the great running game that they got from Saquon in Week One, can they win games against really good teams? I don't consider Carolina a really good team. Carolina's defense is pretty good. I don't consider Carol. They're, they're they should be better than Carolina should be better this year and and probably are better than they were last year because of Baker, because for right now McCaffrey is healthy, so on and so forth. They have a pretty decent defense. Again, it's not super alarming that the Giants only scored 19 points. Again, they didn't run the ball well. But my question is, is do they have to run the ball at rocket pace, if you will, in order for them to be like a traditional modern offense? Because here's the problem. When you look at the situation with Kenny Galladay, that is going to end terribly. There's already all sorts of things going on there. He doesn't want to be there. His locker is cleaned out, this, that, and the other thing. He had zero um, zero targets uh, last week. Of course, zero receptions. Kadarius Tony. they've basically wanted to trade him almost since they drafted him, and that was the previous administration. Never mind the new administration. He did have three targets, two catches, zero yards. He had two catches for zero yards. That was like the number 21 overall pick a year ago in the draft. Galladay, they spent like $18, $19 million a year on, remember? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people around here wanted Kenny Galladay. I know we talked about should they pursue Kenny Galladay, and I said, uh, you know, I mean, like, look, I like the player, I like the production, but I don't like the injuries. Well, I could have never imagined it would turn out as badly as it has. They're getting nothing out of those guys. You know, so that that's what I worry about when it comes to the Giants. Can they survive when Saquon isn't just killing it? Well, and that's the thing now. Teams are just going to, as we talked about earlier, put eight in the box and dare say, dare Daniel Jones to beat him. You know, maybe it's trying to throw it to Saquon out of the backfield uh, as well to get it in his hands. Clearly, he's their best offensive player. And, you know, right now you're looking at a, a team that is sitting there at uh, 2-0. and And <laughs> look, as long as you keep winning, maybe maybe they're this year's Philadelphia. You know, I mean, nobody expected anything out of Philadelphia last year. And nobody expected anything out of the Giants, though I told you I thought Brian Dable with time was going to get things going there. Oh, I think he's going to be very good. They're they're a you know they're a, a, a magnificent pain in the rear end uh, right now. That's for sure. Do you for think teams Daniel? Uh, sorry, do you think Daniel Jones, if he can stay healthy and if he can reduce the turnovers, again, that's been a big problem for him. Do you think Daniel Jones is a 
above average quarterback. Never mind a good, great, clearly he's not. Above average quarterback. Uh, With a lot of ifs. No, there's nothing above average about his play so far. Okay. Thought it would be better than it was. Do you think he has the potential to be? No, I'm not ready to go there yet. If there's anybody, though, that can rescue him, it is Dable. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought very, very, very highly of Daniel Jones. You know why? Because he was coached by David Cutcliffe. Right. And if you're coached by somebody... Had some Manning influence. But if you're coached by somebody... But think well, about automatically this. Automatically, you must be great. Chris, not impossible. Not impossible because Cooper Rush is still playing for Dallas. And even though they won last week and played, played you know, pretty gritty football, Dallas is at New York this week on Monday Night Football. So you win that game and then you play the Bears at home. It's not impossible that the Giants are 4-0 going into Week 5 against Green Bay. Well, think about this. You you just mentioned Dallas at New York on Monday night. Yeah. Two weeks in a row, the Commandalorians are going to get a team coming off of Monday night. Hey, that's good. And and, and Dallas has got a, a long trip back. That's, how, you know, how about that? Advantage Washington yes. for once in the schedule game. I mean, game. Dallas is not going to get back home until like 5 o'clock in the morning Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then right back at it for a Sunday afternoon game in, you know, now they don't have to travel again, nor should they. But it's a longer trip than clearly Philadelphia, who played at home on Monday night and then has the short trip here on Saturday afternoon. You know, let's stay obviously in the division and go to the Cowboys. I mean, look, any game you win without Dak, because we saw without Dak a couple of years ago, man, it was a mega, mega struggle for the Cowboys. So any game without him in theory is going to be a tough game. But again, last week, credit to Dallas for stepping up uh, at a time where no one had any expectations for them. And you win a football game with Cooper Rush just like they did last year. Against Minnesota on the road, they did. Uh, you're right about that. Um, I don't know. I still, I, I still walk away going, eh. You know what? I mean, they better hope that a they're not rushing Dak back just to get him back, and b that they are very, very, very susceptible to being beat even when Dak comes back. I mean, you still look at them and something's missing there, right? Whether it's Amari Cooper, and I don't think it's just Amari Cooper, but I think it's Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, right? I mean, C.D. Lamb had 11 targets, 7 catches, 75 yards. That's not a bad day's work. But, I mean, that's they need more than that. Now, Pollard had 7 targets, 4 catches, 55 yards uh, out of the backfield. Uh, Dalton Schultz is banged up a little bit. He might not play this Monday night, right? Uh, did I say that right? I, I, th- I think I saw that right. Schultz might miss one game, or the expectation is, I guess, uh, according to Jerry, that he might miss one. You know, So now if you take away Gallup, if you take away, of course, Amari Cooper, if you take away Dak, if you take – now, you know who's actually – who graded out well? I didn't get to, like, break down his play. But Tyler Smith, your guy from Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played. He, I think he got um, like a low seventies grade from uh, uh, from um, uh, PFF. Not bad. No, under the circumstances. No, no. but you like listen. If if Washington can somehow somehow find a way to get to two and one this week, and again, it's unlikely, but somehow, like even with Dak back in the lineup next Sunday. 
if. That is a beyond beatable team. Again, you and I, neither one of us had the Cowboys going to the playoffs even with Dak. Okay? So we weren't sold. Now, and you're higher on their defense than I am, but we weren't sold on Dallas. Micah's a beast. But I mean, no, Dallas I've, I've is I've got right Dallas in because I had three teams from the NFC East making the playoffs. Oh, my, you did? My wild cards were Cowboys, oh. uh, Rams, and Washington. My fault on that. I'm That's sorry. Okay. I thought both of us. Uh, That's all right. I know. We, I know. We agreed on one pick that that a lot of people had in the playoffs. Oh, it, it was Arizona. That's yeah. what it was. My, um, my fault. On but that. think about this though. Here's the problem for Dallas, and this is why over on the horizon, Jerry's thinking about pushing him, uh, pushing him up. Giants on the road, Washington on the road, then the Ram or or Washington at home rather, then the Rams and the Eagles. I mean, that's their next four games. That's why stealing that Bengals game was so important oh, yeah. this past Sunday for the Cowboys because, you know, just the fact that next week is on the road against the Giants who mm-hmm. are feeling good about themselves makes it a, a, a much tougher game than they probably thought. Washington coming in there with that offense means Dallas going to have to score some points yeah. uh, to win. Washington will also have to deal with Parsons and block him. We know that. But then Rams-Eagles, I mean, these next four games, and, and then even after that, the Lions are not going to be uh, – the Lions in Dallas is not going to be a, a, a cakewalk uh, of any proportion as we see now. So, I mean, these next few games for the Cowboys are interesting. Could make or break their season here uh, before the midway point because the, the back half of the schedule, quite frankly, not that tough for the Cowboys. If they somehow win a couple of these upcoming games, once they get past Green Bay on November 13th, dude – it's the Vikings, the Giants, the Colts, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Eagles, Titans, and Washington. Hey, listen, your plucky Texan Texans are 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 tougher to beat than people realize. These scoundrels should be two and zero instead of one and one. They really should. They played well enough to win last week. Well, oh, oh, one and one. Oh, that's what I, right. what I say. One, one, uh, one. one and one. Yeah. Okay, my guy, my guy. Because right, they tied, they tied yeah, the Colts. They tied the Colts. They, they should have won. won. They should have won. won the freaking but game. They should have won on Sunday too. Gave up seventeen points in the fourth offense, quarter. Yeah. Hello. It's, I mean, um, delay of games, and this goes back to the Nathaniel Hackett situation. I know we got a break. Nathaniel Hackett. That that operation is broken right now. It's they didn't not play good. at all in the preseason. There is false starts, delay of games, miscommunication, left and right. Some of that is expected. New head coach, first time head coach, new quarterback, all that. You know what? Would have helped maybe if they would have played in the preseason a little bit. No doubt. Meanwhile, coming up, Maryland, Michigan. It's a big game coming up for the Terps this week. Big Ten conference schedule gets underway. You'll hear it here on the Team Nine Eighty. Joe Miller previews it with us next, right here on the Team Nine Eighty in the Odyssey app. 